Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Rutgers, Rutgers, Rutgers. We knew better. It's not you. It's me. It's us. We knew better than to feel good about a Big Ten game that we were favored. The first time in more than half a decade. The first time since Rutgers joined the Big Ten in 2014 that we were favored in a Big Ten conference football game. But it just brought me back. It brought me back to the reality of being a Rutgers fan. You're always going to be the underdog. Always. No matter how good you get. You're always the dog. And guess what? There's nothing wrong with that. Embrace it. We are everything that is not everyone else. And that's awesome. It's one of the reasons why being a fan is so fun. Nobody expects you to win. And when you look at the history of this program, that's how it's always been. Proven people wrong. And in my opinion, that's how it's going to be for the foreseeable future. So no matter what, Rutgers fans were the underdog. But Ryan, on the bright side, I know a three-point loss to Illinois isn't what we had hoped for, but there's still good reason for why those expectations were even raised that high in the first place. Hmm. We're always going to be the underdog. Like on Bet Online, there's always underdogs that you can bet. The NFL season is in full swing. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. One good underdog this week that I should have probably bet was New England Patriots. You know, they really beat the crap out of Baltimore Ravens. Belichick probably controlled the weather, but that's for another day. For game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more. Options to wager than any place online. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Yeah, the Patriots, Patriots, the Patriots were a, uh, a six-and-a-half-point underdog, and Rutgers was a six-and-a-half-point favorite. That is a crazy reversal of fortune, but I completely agree with you. As Rutgers fans, we're always going to be the underdog in every single sport, especially football. I think this this is a game that we definitely should have won. There's definitely a lot of opportunities that we left on the field. Um, you know, more specifically, we sh- were kicking field goals instead of getting touchdowns. Um, but you know, on the positive side, it just shows that you know Rutgers is going to be in in pretty much a lot of Big Ten games for the foreseeable future. It's a good game to build off. It's a learning lesson for everybody that you know you can't read your own press press clippings. And even when you're one and two, when this is one of the Rutgers teams has been in the past five years, you can't take any game lightly. And this is just going to be a learning experience for us. It's going to be a stepping stone to bigger and better things. And you know, it's another thing that we can improve on. And when Greg Schiano really gets this thing ro- rolling, I bet games like these we will win instead of lose. Right, and now I don't think the team took them lightly. I think us as fans and media certainly um, took Illinois a little lighter than we probably should have. I mean, you look at this team, they had a lot of guys out because of COVID. Uh, as Coach Schiano said in his press conference, they were kind of a wounded animal that was like backed up into a corner and they had to make a choice. Are they going to fight? And Illinois chose to fight, and and they fought hard. Um, but I do think that Rutgers really outplayed Illinois for most of this football game. And 
I don't think we took advantage of a lot of the opportunities that they gave us to put them away. Illinois had been giving up a couple touchdowns to start each each of the first three games they played in this season, and Rutgers Rutgers goes up Rutgers goes up by ten, but it's not two touchdowns. Like maybe if you're up by fourteen, you know maybe you it's a little easier to put the nail in the coffin because Illinois that doubt starts to creep into their mind. Um, but credit them as well, and I think that when you look at this game, the better team doesn't always win. And I think this is a situation where Rutgers was the better team and they just didn't win because they didn't get it done in crucial moments. Well, yeah, I think another thing that you got to look at is Isaiah Williams, you know, first time, first career start. Dude only had 104 yards passing, but he really killed us on the ground. He had 192 yards rushing. Chase Brown, their other running back, 130, 130 yards. And as a team, they had 338 yards at 5.7 yards per attempt. As a team, it's really, really hard to be another team if they run for over 300 yards and six yards per attempt. So, we had a really tough time of, you know, defending a dual threat quarterback. You know, it really gives the other team's offense or more specifically Illinois offense a lot more options to do. You know, they have to account for one more guy. There's one more blocker out there. Um, so those little things were really, really key for them. But, you know, there was a we made a lot of good stops on defense. You know, we forced them into tough opportunities. But at the end of the day, they made the more plays, more clutch plays to win. But we had some really good plays, too. Isaiah Pacheco had 130 yards and 20 carries. And Bo Melton, again, once again, showing that he the four-star recruit that he was deemed to be and, you know, the potential big play threat at five for 150 and two touchdowns receiving. No federal looked good. Three second half turnovers really killed us in the end. But, you know, at the end of the day, we gained a lot of yards. We just didn't score enough points. And, you know, wins and losses are judged on how many points you score. Well, I think Noah Vedral, he played well the first 40 minutes of that game. I do not think he played well the last 20 minutes. All his interceptions were in the last 20 to, like, honestly, really like 18, 17 minutes of that game. Um, and unlike what, what kind of – scared me a little bit is unlike past turnovers he's had the first three games these all these seem to be on him uh not being very accurate with the football and making some poor decisions but you know what i think he's gonna get better from this experience and we're, we're gonna have to see how he responds from this you always want to see find out you know how do, how is a guy gonna respond through this adversity because his first couple, like I said before, his first couple turnovers, you know, as a Scarlet Knight, you could kind of say, oh, was it really his fault? Was it not his fault? All three of these are totally on the quarterback. So we'll see how he responds. And I do think that, you know, the way Rutgers defense is constructed, it just wasn't a great matchup um, for Isaiah Williams. We, we also didn't know what to expect from Illinois from a scouting standpoint because they're on their fourth quarterback. And I think that it is tough. One of the common themes in this COVID environment is how you better be ready from the first man on the roster to the last man on the roster. And some people see that as a bad thing where it's like, okay, okay, like you're getting a worse player out there. But a lot like Rutgers, like why is Noah Vedral our starting quarterback? Not because he throws it better than a guy like Art Sitkowski, but because he can run and he can, we can do more things with him, right? This is Division One Big Ten football. Like most teams' backups are really good, and chances are they bring a different skill set as well. So Illinois brought a different skill set with Isaiah Williams, and it really bit Rutgers in the butt. 
and it kind of stunk because a big staple of our defense is you know Julius Turner and Dwumfor taking up multiple blockers and when you have the quarterback as a consistent rusher it doesn't really matter because you have that extra blocker like you said um however I do think that a lot of his yards came on passing plays where he just made something happen and I think you saw the Rutgers defensive backs kind of come up to support him and be a little too aggressive and then that left receivers kind of wide open at times yeah, I completely agree. That's kind of how that last drive went. You know, we were we were expecting him, to, you know, to take off and run, but you know, they just dumped it over the DBs, and you know, that's how they got enough yards to hit that forty-plus uh, yard field goal at the end of the game. Um, credit Illinois, they did. They clearly had a good game plan. I think that you know, breaking down plays as a Williams was very dynamic, and he made a lot of big plays for them. Um, and going back to it, turnover battle. I know we've mentioned this the last the last cut, basically every recap is that. We lost a turnover battle. We turned it over three times. Illinois overturned it once. It is really, really hard to win football games if you turn it over more than the other team. It's almost impossible. And that one, and probably the worst one was probably the last. The last one was that back-breaking interception where we were driving, potentially having a last-second field goal, gave it right back to Illinois. That deflated the defense. I know that it's a team game, but that, but just you know, playing football. If you're driving and there's only 30 seconds left and you turn it over, that's deflating for a team. And you know, I'm not trying to make any excuses for everybody, but you know. Defense, I think, was definitely defeated. Then, you know, a couple big plays, and then they hit a 40-yarder, then the game was over. So those little things, those little mistakes, add up to a Rutgers loss where they should have won. Yeah, now, speaking of that last interception, I'm not going to make excuses um, for Noah Vedral. However, we've we've praised Sean Gleason on this show. We love Sean Gleason, but I'm going to be a little critical of him. You know, on that first and 10 play where he, he has a play action when there's a minute 30 left and, you know, we're not too far away from field goal range. I think that we were running the ball at will. We were running the ball really well. And I think you got to give Isaiah Pacheco the ball on that first down. I know that there was only a minute left, but I think, you know, your quarterback just turned the ball over two times. I think you got to run the ball in that situation. And who knows? Maybe he turns it over again. Like if if he even did that on second second or third down. But I, I still think Isaiah Pacheco was playing really well. I think Noah Vedral certainly had thrown two interceptions, and now those interceptions were all bunched together. So you got you got to think that you got to run the ball in that situation. However, there's the flip side where it's like, listen, I'm going to show confidence in my quarterback. So. He could be, he could be critical of Coach Gleason, but not too critical. Um, and then going back to what you were saying about running the football, I think you got to also give credit to um, not just Isaiah Williams, but Chase Brown, seventeen carries for one hundred thirty-one yards, and then Mike Epstein. I mean, he only had ten carries for eighteen yards, but he got some tough yards for them in key situations. I mean, we threw the ball 34 times as to, you know, uh, Isaiah Pacheco again, 20 carries. He had 130 yards. Um, we also had a couple timeouts left. So I probably would have still given it to Isaiah Pacheco because we still have those timeouts in our back pocket if he gets yeah, stopped. Yeah. No, listen, 20, 20 carries is a ton of carries. I, I'm just saying, like, in that situation, like, I think he should have got the ball. 
You got you got ride you got ride your horses. You know Isaiah Pacheco was clearly running the ball really well. Hindsight's also twenty twenty. You don't know what's going to happen if that play call is changed. So that's where you know you know, all this like armchair quarterback stuff coming in, where you know we can dissect every single play, every single play call. But at the end of the day, maybe we probably should yeah. run it, but we don't know what's going to happen at the end of the day. But big shout out also to Bowen. Dude is having a hell of a senior season. Had 150 yards and two touchdowns of five receptions. He scored in every single game. I think he has six touchdowns this year. Dude's been an absolute stud. Oh, yeah. Really been really yeah. been a bright spot on this offense. You know, we've been waiting for him to step up, you know, and finally a good offensive system. He's finally stepped up. You know, obviously I think Aaron Crookshank takes a lot of pressure off of him, but the dude is making plays. He's making a statement this year that Bo Mellon is a very good football player, and he's finally shown why we were so excited when he showed up in New Brunswick. Yeah, Bo Melton, five catches, 150 yards, two touchdowns. He's an absolute baller. It's funny how we thought Crookshank was going to be the superstar, which he is a superstar, but we thought that it would be him kind of making these plays, and it turns out to be Bo Melton. 100 percent and i think it's really good for him it's really good for the Rutgers program that you know in in homegrown jersey talent can shine at Rutgers, and that's another example of it um so really happy for him i think that uh, in addition i think the defense even though that we gave up 300 yards on the ground we only gave up 23 points so we were we held tight in some situations but you know clearly wasn't enough yeah, I don't know, man. We we we've we've praised the defense a lot on this show, and and rightfully so. I don't think they played well. I don't think we had a very good defensive performance, and I think that um it was tough. It was a tough matchup wise matchup wise, but there there were you know in key situations down the stretch, we're missing a few tackles. We weren't covering very well at times. I mean, Isaiah Williams certainly completed a lot of really good passes, but there were there were some plays where where we should have been bottled up in terms of not letting him um complete those passes. I mean, there was one where we didn't even protect um excuse me, they didn't even protect him. I don't know if you saw that play. It was I believe it was on the game winning drive. If not, the drive before that, where he he just rolls to the left and Illinois like didn't even we were offside, so it didn't really matter. So that their offensive line didn't move. But he literally just rolls to the left and then throws it across a field um, for an in-breaking route, and he catches that. Like, we got to cover that up in that situation. Um, it's easier said than done, obviously. Playing football is hard. Playing defensive back is hard. But, you know, we got to make those plays in those situations. And I think we only they only won by three, but they, they missed a lot of field goals. Like, it, you know, we gave them they, we gave them a lot of opportunities in particularly when we went up by 10 in that middle third quarter. Like, we got to push, put them away. That is not great for us. I think that also Illinois, I think Isaiah Williams did a good job of this, but they were almost like playing like backyard football. You know, when the play broke down, they were making plays that we obviously couldn't, and then we obviously couldn't. So, Simon, we were Simon, you know, we were Simon good football, but at the end of the day, if you can make more plays, just, you know, just, you know, playing football at the end of the day, that's how you're going to win. Um, I know that, I know Vedral is probably kicking himself for those three interceptions, but it just, it really, really stinks that we lost this game. It was one that slipped through our fingers and, you know, we got to move on to next week, but. It's really tough because it's definitely a game that we could have won. And, you know, we're going to be underdogs. We've got to have the underdog mentality that she said at the beginning. 
and we just got to keep we just got to keep chopping. And you know, we got to we got to look at the film. We got to get better, and hopefully, we get better from from this opportunity. And there were key plays, and obviously, like it's it's a team sport, it's a team game, so obviously everything adds up. But there were certainly key situations that really kicked us in the butt. Um, one in particular situation that was just unfortunate, right? Um, was at the end of the first half, Christian Dremel uh, fumbles the ball out of bounds, opposed to you know getting out of bounds, and we don't end the clock doesn't stop, and we end up uh, having a weird field goal type situation where has if he gets out of bounds, the clock stops a little bit, we get a little more time to get that off, and you know we lost by three, but you know like I said, that's that's one of many plays that kicked us in the butt, but I just thought that was an interesting play. Um, because I was listening to the broadcast, um, after and, you know, friend of the show, JPO was saying how, um, had we been able to, you know, have a little bit more time and, and, you know, nine seconds is certainly not a lot of time, but you do practice those situations, those fire field goal situations where you're running out there, snapping it quick and kicking it. Um, and, but who knows? I mean, we have a, we had a, I believe a soccer walk-on kicker for us this week. That was very interesting. I don't know if you saw that. I know I saw it because uh, the guy that was kicking for us was a lefty, but then it was a righty kicker. I can't. My his escaping me, but you know he was. Fava. Well, guy Fava's was the guy, and then this kicker came from the the soccer team, probably because all fall sports in the Big Ten except football got postponed. Ha <laughs> Funny we can play football, but we can't play soccer, huh? Um, but that's a certainly a story for another day. Um, let, let's uh, let's hold on one second. Let me get his name real quick. Well, while you're getting his name, I'm just going to say another thing. Just in terms of there's a, this football concept called complementary football. You know, we're Rutgers is a defensive team, and you know we got to play because the defense is strong. We got to play. You know, we got to run the ball well, and then we got to do play action passes, and hopefully we get in play big plays for that. But Rutgers is a defensive football team. When the defense isn't playing that well, as you said, it puts that much more stress on the offense, especially Noah Vedral, to make all these throws. That you know, I know Noah Vedral's a good quarterback. He won the starting job for a reason, but some throws are just really hard to make and some quarterbacks just can't make them. That's not, you know, that's not anything against him. It's just the reality of the situation. So when our defense is struggling, that puts more pressure on the offense when you have a defensive football team. And that is partially why I believe that we kind of lost because, you know, we put too much pressure on the offense, but you know, it's a team game. You're going to win as a team, lose as a team. Valentino Ambrosio is his name from Cranford, New Jersey, transfer from FDU. Wonder if Mark knows him. He might know him. I'm not really sure, but I mean that's kind of cool for him. I mean, like your season gets postponed. Hey, well, I'm gonna go walk on the football team and be the starting place kicker for a major Big Ten school. That's kind of cool. Very, very cool. I think that's a, that's a great opportunity for him. You know, you know, putting on the pads. And he he played well. He played well. I just don't know if they if. If uh, I don't know if they knew what his, they, I don't even know if they know what his range is yet. I mean, I'm sure he hasn't been around too long, right? Yeah, probably not. But you know, we got to have more touchdowns in those situations. The fact that the coaching staff put him in positions to make field goals is a testament to him. But you know, we got to have more touchdowns and field goals at the end of the day. Yeah, and I, it, it, you know, it, it kind of bothers me how poorly we played the last 18 minutes of this game because. You know, we're up by 10, and this is a team that 
its identity is to keep chopping, to keep going, to finish strong. And we didn't finish strong. So I think going into the next game against Michigan, we just have to get back to our identity and back to the fundamentals that made us so optimistic about this team. Mm -hmm. Illinois kept chopping. You know, they really took a page out of Greg Shannon's playbook. They kept chopping the entire game. When the chips were down, they kept making plays, and we kept making mistakes. And the team that makes more mistakes is probably going to lose any game, any sport, and especially in the ball. Obviously, you know, they're a little bit more blown out of proportion, especially when you have three interceptions in the last 18 minutes of the game. So it's really tough to win like that. And Greg Shiano just announced that no Vedral is going to be the starter for Mitch. So that just shows that we have co- that Greg Shiano has confidence in no Vedral. I think it's really good for him. And I think that he bounces back. I think he's clearly a good kid. You know, winning the starting job, being a transfer shows a lot, you know, really mental fortitude. And I I'm going to believe him and hopefully that we can play better against Michigan and not make those same mistakes, Keep grinding it like the underdogs that we are. And rightfully so. I think Noah Vedral has probably earned the right to be the starting quarterback for this team. And I think that, like you said, him being a transfer, he's probably earned the respect of a lot of people. And I think, I think you also, you can't put a guy on eggshells this early in the season when he has shown a lot of really good flashes. Um, and listen, I could probably extend this podcast by asking a question about, you know, his job security and at what what point do you look at that? But you know what? I'm not going to do that. I don't think that's fair to him. So we're going to we're going to you know. can't we can't do that to him. You know, it's very early season first four games. You know, he had he had a, he had a rough he had a rough he had a rough quarter. But, you know, yeah, I don't think that's fair to him. Um, I think he's certainly earned this job and earned the right to not look over his shoulder for at least a couple more weeks. Right. I I mean, I would think so. That's the, I mean, the quarterback is the most important position on the field, uh, regardless of what you think. And, you know, when you win and you play great, you get all the praise, but when you lose and you play bad, you get, you get, you know, you get all the blame. So, I think he's going to come back. He's going to play better against Michigan. I think that the defense is definitely going to play better. It's going to be a wake-up call that they can't take opponents necessarily, um, you know, because Illinois wasn't clearly as good as in Ohio State. So we just got to take all those little bumps and bruises, and we just got to keep building on it. And I know that it's not the result that we wanted, but I still have hope for this program, and we're clearly getting better. We just got to, you know, at the end of the day, we just got to, we just got to win some. Yeah, and like we said earlier, there there was a reason why we were optimistic. There was a reason why we were favored. There was a reason for all that. I think we just have to realize, like, at, the better we get, the more that's going to happen. And and certainly, Cochiano is going to keep that in their heads in terms of like getting them prepared and getting them ready to go. But I think as fans, we have to always remember that we have to take a page out of their book. Because, you know, you've been on a lot of really good teams before. You know how hard, you know that even if you're not reading your press clippings, you know, there could be a perception maybe you are, right? So, yeah. So I think that we just need to, as fans, uh, support the team by just like always be- believing in and giving them some juice um, as an underdog. Because, I think that's just always how we've been. And I said this in the opening and, and I think that's just, I think for the foreseeable future, dude, I think that's always how Rutgers is going to be in kind of any sport. 
I completely agree. Going back to basketball, even Rutgers preseason ranked as 24th in the country. We still got to have that underdog mentality. Just because we are ranked preseason, that does not mean shit when it comes to the end of the season. There are that preseason has been ranked high and haven't even made the NCAA tournament. So Rutgers basketball still has to maintain that underdog mentality, even though there are expectations for this team. Same goes to football. Same goes to any sport out there. Rutgers is an underdog. It doesn't matter if you're favored. It doesn't matter if people bring you up. You have to keep the underdog mentality or else we're, we're not going to be as successful as we can be, especially as fans as well. Well, I think you just leave your you just like you get you leave yourself like to being like vulnerable. Like you 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 like instead of always having your guard up, like you you have it down for a second, and that's when someone boom punches you in the mouth, right? Mm-hmm. Like um like Rocky Balboa said, it's you're always you're gonna get hit. It's how you take those punches and keep moving forward. Hey, Taters Balboa. Tate's Balboa, Master Balboa. Um. Yeah. All right, Rutgers fans. Hey, we're gonna be uh we'll be back this week previewing Michigan. Um very, very interesting uh game for us. I think a very, very winnable game. Uh we just gotta stick to our identity and keep chopping. So subscribe, comment, email us, and uh we'll talk soon. Hey, you made it to the end, or I'm just talking to myself and Ryan. You stay classy, Piscataway.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.